Hello everybody and welcome back to Global LPG Conversations, Argus's podcast on LPG markets around the world. My name is David Appleton. I'm a Vice President for Argus based in London. Today I am joined by Michelle Gantet, who is our manager in our consulting team. Hello Michelle, how are you? I'm very well, David, thank you. So Michelle has the unenviable task of looking after the global statistics for LPG that we produce every year in partnership with the World LPG Association and also with uh, Liquid Gas Europe. And I know actually from personal experience that this is a big project with a lot of data with a lot of uh, things you have to do to put it all together. So we thought it would be a good idea to review what we saw in 2021 through your statistics. So just to note, this is a bit of a look back. We're not really too focused today on the trends of the market as it is in November 2022, but just having a look back in 2021, seeing how the LPG markets performed when it was still COVID, but sort of in the second phase of COVID versus 2020, which was obviously highly, highly disrupted. So, okay, let's start with a very basic question, uh, Michelle. How, how did things go in 2021, particularly versus 2020? 2021 was a year of revival from the pandemic hit 2020, not just for LPG, but also across global industries. So throughout 2020, LPG proved exceptionally resilient, owing largely to its use in diverse applications. So to get an idea, around half of total demand is used for heating and cooking followed by around 30% in the petrochemical sector. So together, these two sectors account for three-fourths of demand. And heating and cooking remained essential activities during lockdowns. And there was also sustained demand for manufactured goods, such as packaging and medical equipment. So this supported petrochemical demand. So it's really safe to say that LPG was shielded from the turmoil caused by the demand destruction in transport fuels, for example, in 2020. Autogas consumption uh, makes up less than 10% of total LPG demand. And in 2021, LPG once again outperformed other fuels. Global demand recovered by almost 4% compared with 2020 and compared with pre-pandemic levels, it was up by 2%. Okay, that's really interesting. So basically, we're looking at 4% rebound. You briefly mentioned other fuels there. Can you just expand a little bit on that? What, what sort of recovery have we seen, or to what extent has it been different? So if we take aviation fuel as an example, demand was down by 44% in 2020, and in 2021, demand was still 36% below 2019 figures, and a full recovery to pre-pandemic levels is not expected until around 2023. So that makes LPG quite different to the other fuels. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess the way in which you have this comparison where things are a bit similar, of course, with other fuels in a barrel of crude oil is the transport sector. And of course, transport was that. Um, in particular, road transport, which was massively affected by COVID lockdowns and, and so forth. What sort of recovery were you talking about for 2021 water gas specifically? Water gas demand also picked up, recovered in 2021 from the slump in 2020. I think it was about a 10% decrease in 2020 from 2019 levels. What we are seeing is that strong markets, mostly in Europe and in Eurasia, 
these markets continue to take over market share. Turkey and Russia have the largest oil gas markets at around 3 million tons per year, with an annual growth of 2 and 5% respectively. In contrast, other sizable markets, especially in Asia-Pacific region, have been shrinking. South Korea and Japan have seen a steady decline in recent years. I see. Yeah, very interesting. And then just looking at those wider trends, what are the key things that stick out to you that emerged in, in the, the review this year? So two sectors mainly. The residential sector proved to be very resilient as well as the petrochemical sectors and residential sectors being um, quite resilient. But for example, demand growth in Bangladesh has been relentless in the past decade, even bucking the wider declining trend in 2020. Consumption is now over 1 million tons per year at around 1.4 million tons specifically. The exponential growth in Bangladesh mirrors what we have seen in India in recent years. I see. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned India, and that's also very topical because, of course, the world LBG4 and LBG Week is in India. I think by the time that our listeners are listening to this, it'll either be happening or will be recently over. Of course, there's the, the policy framework for LPG in India, which I assume is still, in your view, a key part of that. That's right. But when we look at India now, um, in recent years, that growth has started to stabilize. But Bangladesh's consumption is still one of the lowest in Asia when we measure it on a per capita basis. It currently stands at 7 kilograms per person, which implies further potential growth. Um, just for context, the average Asian consumption per capita is about 20 kilograms. On the petrochemical side, China's PDH expansion accounted for the largest single source of demand growth, increasing by a quarter in China in 2021. There were five PDH plants that started operations in that year. Yeah, very interesting. And actually, yeah, the comparison on a per capita kilogram basis is always useful to, to look at. And if I'm mistaken, to add even further context to that, I think that the, the country with the most cooking use of LPG is uh, is Morocco, where it's about 60 kilograms per capita. Um, so you can really see how there's the potential for growth in a lot of countries going forward um, to reach that level. It doesn't mean every country will get to that level. It may be they use other cooking fuels or going to a slightly different energy mix, but it just shows um, how much more people could be consuming. Which brings me to my next question, is that we're clearly seeing this growth and, and is that uh, obviously to have the demand growth, you need the supply. Is that the case? What's the situation more, more broadly there? So on both sides of the balance on the demand and supply side, growth has been around 3% annually in the past decade. And we expect this trend to continue for the foreseeable future. So the largest producers, the US and the Middle East have growing um, capacity. For production, in terms of demand, the residential and petrochemical markets continue to expand, most notably the Chinese PDH sector. Some 3.9 million tons of capacity from eight projects came online and this year. It should have been more, but due to the gloomy economic environment, some projects were delayed to next year. 
bringing the total number of projects expected in 2023 to 13 with a capacity of 8.5 million tons per year. So that's quite a sizable increase. Yeah, indeed. And actually, you're bringing it to kind of a bit more of a, a contemporary topic here with what's been going on in China in 2022. Could you place that a little bit in terms of the historical context? Like, What are we seeing in terms of Chinese uh, imports versus the, the historical situation? And Asia Pacific had a supply deficit of 17 million tons in 2021, making it heavily dependent on imports. China is the largest importer in the region. But so far this year, we have seen higher imports compared with 2021. It now stands at 21 million tons, but this is only 7% higher compared with the previous year. If we look at the increase between 2020 and 2021, we saw a 24% increase. Right. Indeed, that's really uh, interesting, a very important topic that we've been covering in our, in our podcast and, of course, our, our reports um, in some depth and it all connects to really the the big question and topic around prices what's your view on the situation with prices this year and, and what's been driving those a number of factors are driving the bearishness in lpg prices this year crude is not one of them crude prices have been quite strong owing largely to the ongoing russian ukraine conflict OPEC plus producers not being able to keep up with production quotas, etc. So on an outright basis, because we have had very high crude prices, LPG prices are higher this year compared with last year. But looking at the LPG fundamentals, these have been actually particularly weak this year and has not been helped with the weakness in NAFTA. So just to elaborate on the LPG fundamentals, mostly poor petrochemical margins have prompted operators to cut down on their operating rates. In fact, operating rates in Chinese PDH plants have been at their lowest this year. Indeed. And uh, yeah, it's interesting how on an annual basis that we are still slightly higher this year versus, say, January to November of 2021, because... Obviously, the last few months in particular have seen particularly low prices. And I think if you look to October 2021 globally versus October 2022, we've now seen a flip to something like um, 30% uh, lower. So it's been kind of a, a story of two halves this year where we started very, very high in the first quarter and then sort of dropped after that due to these issues that you mentioned around particularly the petrochemical margins and, and the bearish situation with the economy and so forth. Just around that, the low operating rates in, in China, I just mentioned the margins. I assume that that's, that's what we're talking about, the reason that they've been so, so low. Yeah, that's right. So for one, uh, China's domestic market has not been particularly upbeat. This can be linked to China's strict zero COVID policy. There's still lockdowns in place in many cities and it's a real estate crisis, which dampens demand for um, construction materials made from petrochemical products. So on a global level, fears of a recession is playing a key role in inventory management, especially with increased capacity in China's PDH. But I should also say that the challenging environment for petrochemical producers is widespread across all regions. It's not just in China and in Asia, 
when we look at margins in Europe and in the US, they all have been suffering from relatively high feedstock costs and relatively low prices on the downstream derivative products. Yeah, yeah, it's clear that the last few months have, have become yeah, really increasingly challenging globally. Just the last question for you, still is around natural gas, because obviously this has become an interesting topic and a driver which is making a difference to LPG that we are certainly seeing today in terms of the supply and especially the availability out of refineries, but also to some extent from some of the natural gas streams. Now, the high natural gas prices began, I think, in around August 2021. We started seeing things really, really pick up. Has that reflected in the annual statistics for 2021? So as you mentioned, natural gas prices started soaring from mid-2021. And as we collected the data for the full year 2021, we have not seen this reflected in this year's statistics yet. But there is already evidence that um, LPG is being used to substitute natural gas fed operations. So that would mean less supply from refineries. And also when we look at data from Norway, just as a, a concrete example, Norway is Europe's largest producer of LPG from gas processing. They are already showing lower production and lower exports this year. And this is mainly because propane and butane, which have high calorific values, are retained in the gas stream. And this enhances its overall natural gas calorific value for the natural gas that they export. So in next year's review, we may well see more hard data reflect the impact of the natural gas crisis. All right, then. Very interesting. Yeah, this is certainly something to, to watch out for uh, as we go forward. So thanks very much, Michelle. It's really a thorough overview of the report. Just to note that it's from the Statistical Review of Global LPG, which we publish in partnership with the World LPG Association. If any of our listeners would like a copy of that, please do get in touch with us at Argus or WLPJ, particularly if you are members of WLPJ, then you can uh, you can get hold of that for, for free. And I'm sure we'll catch up with you on these big picture topics at another time. Michelle, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.